Hallelujah. Praise God. A brother and sister Wells, will you come up here, please? Hallelujah. We're going to pray for a couple in our church, and we're going to believe God for a miracle. Amen. And, uh, you know, as we're just gathered in his presence, I'm telling you, God will heal people. You know, so many times people text me, Pastor, I was in the service, and, you know, God healed me of this or that. You know, all we have to do, Jesus is here because there's two or three of us gathered in his name. He's here because you're here. He's here because I'm here. And so today, he's walking among us. He's touching people. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I've just some way knew that he was there. And I would reach out and just receive an answer. And God would transform things immediately. Praise God. This is Brother and Sister Wells. And praise God, they're older than the church. They're older than I am. Hallelujah. And uh, how long have you guys been married? 64 years. A long time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, oh man. Well, then you can't be 55. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I know that you have a palpitation of the heart. And uh, you went blind going home in a car. Is that right? And uh, so you went to the eye doctor, uh, and they examined it, and they said that uh, the blood vessels behind your eye uh, just stopped pumping blood, so your eye went blind. Okay, and uh, so you and you said you can't see very good out of the other one. And you ride home with him like that? Go. <laughs> this is a real woman of faith right here. Good. Too little to the left there. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to believe God for a miracle. How many of you believe in miracles? I know you do. Hallelujah. So stretch forth your hand, and we're going to pray here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you blinding devil, I command you right now in this left eye, I command you to come out of it. In Jesus' name, God, I loose the working of miracles into these blood vessels. In the name of Jesus, God, restore them. Let sight return in Jesus' name. Are you ready to see Brother Wells? There you go. Hallelujah. Cover that one up. Tell me what you got. It's clearing up. Okay, good deal. One more time. Come on, folks. In the name of Jesus, I loose the working of miracles into these blood vessels. In the name of Jesus, I command this sight to return in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, Brother Wells, look at me. Tell me if you can see me. I see you out of the right eye better. Okay. The left eye is just right in the, right in the pupil right now. Okay, so it's increased a little? Yeah. Okay, good deal. We're going to get rid of this blurriness on this right eye. I command right now all this blurriness on this right eye. I command you to come out of him right now. And I loose God miracles into these blood vessels in Jesus' name. You left eye, I command you in Jesus' name, see for his glory in the name of Jesus. Okay, Brother Wills, tell me what you got. It's still there a little bit. Okay. Can you see my tie? Yes, I can see that. Okay, good. Now remember, he's totally blind. 
look, sometimes it's a working of miracles and that's what you're seeing right now. But he was totally blind, but God started returning it. And I'm just telling you in three days, it'll be totally healed. Now, how's that right eye? Hmm? I can see that real good now. Okay, good deal. Now he'll be able to find you, Wilma. You're going to have to hide hard. Now, in the name of Jesus, I curse these palpitations in her heart. In the name of Jesus, God, let it stabilize right now. Stay stabilized in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Wells, that clears up before you leave service. You jump right straight up. You, buddy, you start screaming. Hallelujah. All right? Now, we know that the working of miracles has already started. Amen? And it'll continue, praise God, and he'll have his sight back. That way you won't have to be praying all the time going to church and coming home. All right. Praise God. There you go, Brother Wells. You're welcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God is a God of miracles. Praise God. Amen. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands up towards heaven. God, you have been so good to us. God, you've been so good to us. You have been so good to us, Father. You have been so good to us, Father. You have been so good to us, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, you meet and met our needs. God, you make a way where there is no way. You, God, are the God of provision. You are the God of healing, for you are the God that takes sickness and disease out of the midst of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody's just been healed of like a ruptured disc that affects your left hip and your left leg. If you start twisting, you stand up, you'll find that's all, all gone right now. You'll find that it's all gone. That sciatic has come down and you're totally healed right now. It's in the left, left part of your lower back, your hip, and that sciatic nerve right there. It'll all be gone in the name of Jesus. Just check yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if that, if that is you, stand up and say, hey, God's done something for me. Wherever you are, stand up and tell somebody, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, I believe God is moving right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Where's Nikki at? Come out here, Nikki, and minister with me. You want to pray for people, fellas? Good, good. No, no, no. We want to get up let you get used by God in the gifts. Hallelujah. Start moving, fellas. Get them big eyeballs open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cold turkey. Hallelujah. We believe in any kind of turkey. Hallelujah. Father, Amen. Give me a word. Praise God. Word Thank you, Jesus. While the Spirit is present Hallelujah. through this morning of healing, we've had a member in our church who suffered Hallelujah. a stroke Jesus. and possibly a heart attack on Thursday night. So we're going to use this faith right now, this working power that's here, that's present in this moment. How many of you know? He, the, the man came up to Jesus and said, just, just say it, and I'll know it's so. And he said, I've never seen such greater faith. So we don't have to be in Columbus Hospital right now, amen, for God to touch and to move. We can pray right now, right here. We're going to seize this moment, amen. I want everyone, this is an opportunity for you to use your faith towards the body of Christ. One of you is hurting. 
and we need to take care of that. Amen? So let's stretch our faith right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, for Rabbit. Right now, we speak to this stroke and the effects in her body. Right now, I command every blood vessel that has been damaged, every nerve, every problem that has taken place in her body. God, I ask you right now for a creative miracle. That which the devil has taken, I ask you to restore. God, it is not her time to be with you. God, I thank you that you would heal her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. God, this would not be turmoil for this family, but God, this would be restoration, healing, redemption, and blessing in the name of Jesus. That what the devil meant to take her life shall be made a testimony in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for it. Every bit of it. Full circle, restoration, better than it was before. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, God. And we receive it now. Complete restoration in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Lift it up right now. Hallelujah. Come on. Once for the Father, once for the Son, once for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was you. Come on. Stand up and say, God, just touch that shoulder. All right. There you go. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for a report to come. Hallelujah, through that door right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For Diana Tuttle. Anybody seen Diana? Is she here this morning? Where's she at? The Lord said he's going to touch you today. You've been dealing with some things, and I'm going to remove you. You know her?
You said whatsoever we ask in prayer believing, that if, that we, if we ask it, we believe it, we will receive it. Now, God, right now, this prodigal grandson, I command you, Holy Ghost, draw him home. Draw him home, Holy Ghost, and let him be saved, Lord. Let him get back into the house of the Lord. But God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to give this man peace, peace in his mind, peace in his spirit, peace in his soul. God and his wife, let her be comforted by knowing, God, that you know and you called out her husband. So, yeah, I believe, God, he's on his way home. Now, we thank you for that, Lord, and we give you praise and honor and glory for all that you do in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Stand up here. Tell me about your migraine headaches. You haven't had any migraine headaches. You used to have them for years. Really de debilitating. Is that what they call it? Debilitating. Thank you. And you were you wouldn't be able to work or just live a life. But God touched you. And healed you. Yes. And no migraine headaches. Are you married? Don't get married. They, they bring <laughs> migraines. No, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. But praise God. I am glad. Hallelujah. That's a good deal. Praise God. Great deal. How's your job doing? Doing fine, sir. How long have you been there? About 15 years. What, and what do you do? A pipe fitter. Wow. Good deal. That takes skill. <laughs> yeah. Man or man. But you perceive that after 15 years that God could pull back their eyes and let them see someone they have never seen and bring you up in that line of work. I believe that God could. I believe that God could, whether it's a crew or whatever it is, I believe that God can do that. And I believe within 120 days, you're going to verify to me that you are going to get moved up in that place where you're working. Right there in that group that you're working, you're going to get promoted. You're going to get lifted up. You just watch going to take place and you come verify me and in 20 days if it didn't happen you come and tell Phyllis that she owes you $1,900 for the raise that you did get no I want to tell you something you watch it happen in 120 days praise God hallelujah hallelujah I feel that there's someone here and I'm going to say it's the older generation but I keep getting um, 55 maybe above 55 but there's someone here that has given up after the age of 55 that you feel that God's done with you. I want to know who, it, it may be you and your wife, it may just be you, it may just be a missus, I'm not sure, but if you're questioning that God's done with you, and you're 55, or maybe it's above, I'm not for sure, I'm seeing someone washing their hands like, fine, I'm done. Whatever you will, I'll 
just sit back. God says he wants to pray. I want to pray over that. There's going to be a new fire birth today, a new plan, a new purpose. That thing that God had for you to do, it may be finished, but there's a whole nother window of time that's available to you. And I, can I just be real here for you? This generation needs you. We need you. In case you haven't noticed, the generation that's rising up is eating Tide Pods. And these are our next presidents. These are our next senators. These are our next preachers and teachers that God's using right now in the midst of us. We need your help. God's not finished with you no matter what your age is. He's not finished till you take your last breath. Please, we need you. So if that's you and you've lost purpose, you've lost passion, and you think that God's done with you, I want to pray for that rebirthing of fire. Praise God. Your husband. Praise God. Praise God. That purpose isn't over. Amen. If that's you, I'll make a line. If I have to, I'll pray for every one of you. I've been with you all, man, I don't know how many countries you've been with me around the world. I never knew you had ear problems. So I asked that young man back there and said, who do you know that has had uh, their ear drums ruptured and damaged? He said, my dad right up there. I didn't even know he was your son because he's tall. And it, it was kind of a Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me what happened to your ears. When I was uh, <clears throat> a little kid, sit in the classroom by myself and eat my dinner because I brought my lunch and I didn't buy my lunch so I was separated from the rest of the class. The first year I got a chance to go into the cafeteria, somebody came behind me and slapped their hands over my ears and punctured both my eardrums. Then when I was in, the, I think, the ninth grade, uh, a senior come by me and slammed his hands over my uh, ears and uh, broke my eardrums again. And so that's why I have to get help with these hearing aids. You went to school with devils. 
<laughs> Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to pray, Carl, and uh, so we'll take them out and let's, uh, let's just see what God will do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, folks, stretch forth your hands in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I curse God this destructive work on Carl's eardrums. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I lose the working of miracles, God, into these eardrums. Recreate them, God. Let sound come back. Let his hearing, God, be definite. In the name of Jesus, I loose the working of miracles. Be opened. I loose the working of miracles. Be opened in the name of Jesus. Okay, Carl, tell me what's going on here. Well, I heard that loud and clear. <laughs> well, good. Turn around here, Carl. Look back there. Tell me what you can, uh, I'm kind of loud. Why don't you talk to him, Eric? Hallelujah. I can hear now. No more problems. Okay, come <laughs> on, somebody. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. 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 See, Pastor, Pastor, I'm back here. It's your wife. <laughs> oh, they're okay, yeah. I got a gentleman here that, stand up, brother. God said you're struggling. That's the word he gave me. He says, yes, ma'am. You're struggling. I don't know what you're struggling with because the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He won't tell it. But he said, you have the power to overcome. And God, Jesus, has given you the power to overcome this thing but we're going to pray okay because one could put a thousand to flight god said two could put ten yes yes so we're going to pray and we're going to believe that whatever you're struggling with is going to be gone okay Hallelujah. 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 Hey, how's that sight coming, Brother Wells? Cover up that right eye and tell me what you can see. How you doing? See this? Well, come on, that ain't bad for a blind eye. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles today quickly, and I have got to take out of here. i got to be in an airport at such a time. Well, why didn't you just wait? Because i got to make connections, and i got to fly out till Thursday, and then I'll be back 
uh, Sunday, but you'll all be here Wednesday night. And we've already discussed that, hallelujah. And uh, so, uh, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 16, 18. I want to start a series today on something that is, uh, maybe seems to be insignificant to many of you, but there is an antichrist. Somebody say, it's already here. And you find that in uh, 1 John 4, 4. I'll read it to you if you will allow me to uh, take this liberty to just read it to you and not ask you to turn. 1 John 4, 1 through 4 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, even every spirit that confesses that Jesus is come in the flesh is of God. Not every spirit that confesses, uh, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of what? Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. Now you are of God, little children, and you have overcome him because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then if you'll uh, allow me to read Second uh, Thessalonians, I'll read to you out of the first, out of the second chapter. Second Thessalonians 2, it says in ver, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. One is the second coming of Christ where he appears unto all men with ten thousands of his saints and his angels. The other, when we, the church, are gathered with him. Two separate uh, events. But ye, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, nor troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, and by nor by letter as from us as that thou, the day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that the man of son be revealed and the son of perdition. That simply means that there will be a great deception. There will be a falling away. It doesn't mean that the church will shrink it means that people will gather together under the name of Christ, but they will deny the power thereof. That word power thereof simply means that they will have a form of godliness, the assembling, but they will deny God's right to rule them. And that's what happens here, is there are people that are increasing to declare that they are Christians, but the heart and the center of it all is that they do not allow God to rule them. So there are those that confess, but they do not do Luke the sixth chapter, verse uh, Luke six uh, forty six, and then it says this, verse four: Who opposes and exalteth himself all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In other words. This spirit of Antichrist, this spirit of the son of perdition is working. And one of the things that it does, it says that it's greater than God. 
In other words, we have a form of godliness and we govern ourselves the way that we think we should be governed. And then it says this, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you that these things should come to pass. Now ye know that what things withholdeth he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth him until will let until he be taken out of the way. Now we understand that the spirit of Antichrist is using the work of iniquity. The work of iniquity is simply a perversion of truth. It doesn't mean that they do away with truth. It means that they subrogate, segregate the half-truth and replace it with their imagination or their interpretation. So God doesn't mean what he says and he doesn't say what he means. In other words, he says partial truths and then we, because we're smarter than God, get to lay out our own interpretation. And then we have those great anti-Christian remarks like, you can't judge me. You can't do this and you can't do that. And that simply comes from the stupidity of those that do not know Scripture. And if you're a visitor here today, you heard me right. Uh, stupidity. Uh, I'm, I'm just a plain guy preaching to plain people and not interested in flowering it up for anybody. So... But Matthew, the 16th chapter, and what verse did I say? Okay, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose in on earth shall be loosed in the heavens. Now when we look at this, it kind of looks like it's a little deceiving that Peter is what Jesus is going to build the church on. Jesus doesn't build the church upon Peter. He builds the church upon the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that we should give heed and credence to his word as if he was God himself. I want to talk to you uh, in the next coming weeks about the church. Because the church, believe it or not, this statement right here, when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And he says, we believe that thou art the Son of God, the Lord, the Son of God. And Jesus had said, who do men say that I am? Well, you're John the Baptist, one of the prophets resurrected, or you're this or you're that. In other words, they said in one sense what's happening is God but in another sense it's not absolutely God it's just a prophet it's one of the uh, uh, men of old but it's not really God speaking to us and so they came up with their own identity in Christ and in the world that we live in right now 
please listen to me. The body of Christ, the church, and when I talk about the church, when I get finished talking about the church, you're going to find many erroneous statements that are said by believers, and you're going to see the foolishness in their statements, but you're also going to recognize them as being the work of a deceiver, the work of the Antichrist concerning the church. There is a spirit of Antichrist against the church today. You can talk to unbelievers and they say, I don't have a problem with Jesus. It's the church I hate. Now, that simply means that they don't like organized religion. Somebody says, well, organized religion sucks. Really? Tell that to Israel when God organized their nation, when he organized their worship, when he organized their relationship one with another, and when they organized their worship even going from point A to point B. Don't talk about organization as something bad. See, people want to talk about organized religion as being unspiritual. Really? Who gave the order of the church in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, through Paul the Apostle? Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is not a schizophrenic like many of the people that say they've been born of him. See, people make up things and they want to have, let me see, charismatic lingo that means nothing and really hinders what the church is all about and who they are. So I'm going to talk to you in the next couple of weeks what the church is and what the church isn't. Some of you say, well, why? Because of a spirit of antichrist against what we want to call, or most people would call, organized religion, a church, a gathering that has leadership. So we're just supposed to, as individual believers, say that we are the church, and I'm going to explain the fallacies in that, that we are the church and that we get to do whatever we want as the Spirit leads them. Well, that's what God's doing in your life. That's not what he's doing in mine. I'm sorry. No scriptures for any interpretation. It is good for all. And the scripture is inspired that the man of God may walk in correction, reproof, instruction, and righteousness so that they may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. The scripture brings order to a man's life as much as it did in Genesis 1, 1, and 2 when it said where the world laid in chaos, God spoke a word and brought order. You cannot do anything without order. Could I get an amen? When God appointed 70 elders, he set in order. When he set judges, he set in order. When he dealt with the armies of Israel, he set in order. When he marked 144,000 Jews in Revelations, the seventh chapter for uh, the end times, that was order. When God said, this tribe shall go before other tribes, that is order. When God said that there is someone that he speaks to like Moses uh, in a way that he doesn't speak to other prophets, that is order. Could I get an amen? Listen, we need to get this worldly rubbish 
out of the kingdom of God and realize that we aren't going to let them taint us. We aren't going to let them deceive us. We're not going to let them mold us or lead us. But we have the voice of God that is clearer than any vision, clearer than any light, clearer than any sound, and we will live by what God says to us as a people. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Praise God. What is the church? They are the called out ones or those that have received the invitation to come out from among the world or out from among the sinful. They are the called out from the world, a people separated by, from the world for the purpose of giving God his just place in their life. We are a called out people who desire to walk in God's will, his ways, and to serve his desires. That's what the church is. Let me give you a real great revelation. God is not your ATM machine. You serve him, he doesn't serve you. Did you hear me? He serves you, you serve him, he doesn't serve you. But God said, command ye me. You need to have a little sense and read that whole entire scripture. That it says, you know, come before me and tell me what you have, and then command you me. In other words, God said, just put me in remembrance what I said, and I will fulfill what I said. But that by no means says that you are God, and God is your servant. And it does not mean that when you bark, God is going to bark back, or when you pee on the grass, God is going to clean it up. It means that he is God and you are not. He is faithful to what he said, and your desires need to line up with his desires. That's the entirety of the scripture. But we are not God's hand of puppetry that he does what we want him to do. We do what he wants us to do. Amen? All right. Now let's go to Ephesians 3, 8 through 12. We're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures and we're going to be calling and bringing some things out. I know they're going to help you because they'll help define who we are and who we are not. Unto me, who am the less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Remember that there are two segments of the, of the gospel that people are preached to. It is preached to the Jews by the 11 disciples that were left after Judas hung himself, and then Paul, an apostle born out of due time, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. So there is a voice to the Jews, and there is a voice to the Gentiles. Paul is our voice. And he says, I preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And it says, and to make all men See what the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Next verse. And then it says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of of God. Notice the words by the church. 
And then next verse. And it says, according to the eternal purpose which he hath purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now sometimes we make statements like this. Well, it was God's eternal purpose to save man. Yes, absolutely. But here it says, go back, uh, yeah, to the, and it says this, that to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus himself, our Lord, which was the church, according in whom we have all boldness and access by confidence by the faith of him. Now, can you go to verse 10 again? And then it says, to the intent now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the who? Church. The manifold wisdom of God. Next verse. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What was God's eternal purpose? An eternal desire before the foundations of the earth. The church. Some of you say, oh, no, no, it, it's the new birth. The new birth makes you a part of the church. It makes you a part of a group of people that are ruled or established by a faith, by a belief system, and devoted to living it to its fullest. That's what a culture is. That's what makes up a culture. Have any of you remember the 1960s and early 70s? We used to have what we called communes, where everybody had free sex and free drugs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we thought it was just great to get out and live by ourselves when really we were after the drugs and the sex. Yeah, absolutely. That was a culture. They believed certain things. They adhered to certain things. They lived by certain principles. Well, the church is a culture. It is called in many uh, Jewish renderings, it's called the Messianic culture or the culture of the Messiah. In other words, we have a firm belief in this assembly that every church should have is that we believe that Jesus is the son of the living God. We believe that. And we believe that when he spoke, he spoke as God would speak. And that we are now adherers to his word. We are not just hearers, but we are doers. Our life and our makeup of what we do and what we value is found in his lordship and in his ways. Could I get an amen? And as we walk orderly, united with that, then we walk together. And if any man walks disorderly, we are to mark that man and have no fellowship with him. Why? Because people that forsake the basis of the assembly of the house of God become enemies of the kingdom. Sowers of discord among the brethren. And we could go to hundreds of scriptures. Now, realize that it is God's eternal purpose that you and I be a part of the church. Somebody say, the church. Say, well, God wanted sons and daughters. The church is the family of faith. That's what the church is. Now, let's go to Hebrews 12, 23 through 26. 
I heard somebody say, oh, yeah, he's going to preach on forsaking, not the assembling of yourselves together. No, I'm not going to preach on that. I think I'll just let the Bible say that. Now, Hebrews 12, 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? And then it says, Whose voice then shook the earth? But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shall shake not the earth only, but also the heavens. Now, can we go up to uh, verse 23 again? I want to show you a couple things. And it says, To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. In other words, the church is the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. And then it speaks about the spirits of just men made perfect. There are three manifestations of the church. The first church is the general assembly. That means the entirety of every person that has ever been born again, that has ever received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, kept the faith, finished the course, and received the crown. Not everybody that starts off finishes. Amen? And so we have to understand that there is a general assembly. That assembly is made up of two groups of people. The church that is here on the earth and the church that is in heaven. The church that is in heaven is a part of the general assembly. And then there is the church that is on the earth. It is uh, devised of those that are living and have not yet died. Those that have died in Christ have ascended and they are part of the general assembly of the church. Then there is the uh, church that we see here on earth. It's divided up into two parts. There is the local church. Somebody say the local church. That is established in community for community purposes. But it is also a universal church, which means it is of the, a part of all of the churches in the world. Now, you and I are a part of churches that we may never know of, we may never visit, we may never hear of, but we are part of it. It is a universal church, and then there is the local church. There are more problems in the local church than there are the universal church because we don't have much fellowship with them. But we are a part of the universal church, and we are a part of the general assembly, and we are an establishment of the local church. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 1-2. 1 Corinthians 1-2. 1 
1 Corinthians, and it says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place. Notice those words. With all those in every place that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, both theirs and ours. In other words, it says that God writes to the church of God, which has at Corinth, the local assembly. But they are also a part of everyone that calleth upon the name of the Lord. So there is a local church, there is a universal church, and there is a general assembly that is portionately laid up in heaven waiting for you and I. Now, let's go to uh, Romans 12, 4 through 5. Romans 12, 4 through 5. The reason I'm going scripture, scripture, so that we get this in our heart. And it says for this, For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, Everyone members one of another. Let's go to the next verse. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the portion of faith that God has given us. So here we see that we are members one of another. Somebody say members one of another. In other words, the universal church cannot do without us and we, the local church, cannot do without the universal church. We are all united in a cause. We are all united for the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, Galatians 3, 26 through 29 tells us that this church, the local church, the general assembly, and the universal church is not made up of just one type of people. And it says, for we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Next verse. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now we are all a part of the kingdom of God, but it's made up of all types of nationalities. Could again an amen? Absolutely. Only in America are we segregated by nationalities. We are not segregated by nationalities in our patriotism. We are separated by nationalities because of choice to be different. And by that, we segregate our nation. If you go to Italy and you run into someone that uh, is a black Italian, they don't say, hi, I'm African Italian. Only in the youthfulness of bitterness and spitefulness is that type of language allowed. When we were children, we speak as children. You don't go to China and find a Cuban import 
and he doesn't say, hi, I'm Cuban Chinese. That is the voice of a youthful nation, a voice of a people that have yet to become one. That's why it is not, it is not acceptable for us to use color, creed, culture, or background to divide the body of Christ. Now, I have never had it happen. Uh, hi, I'm an Irish Christian. Now, they used to segregate them in New York in the ports of entry. They used to say, hey, they're Italians, they're WAPs, whatever you want to call them. They were names that degraded those people and segregated them from the value and the dreams of America. You understand that? So when we use such things like, I am a Swedish American. I'm a Swedish American. Why? Because I was come from Sweden. When? My great-grandfather did. Well, you ain't never seen Sweden. Well, that's okay. I'm, I'm still Swedish American. Now, can you understand how divisive that is? Can you understand it if everybody that was a Jew that stood and declared, I'm a Jewish Christian, or I'm a... Uh, Italian Christian, or I'm this or I'm that. What does that do? That divides the very thread of the blood that binds us together. We are not individuals in the body of Christ. We are new creatures. Amen. And the old things are passed away. Just get rid of them. Throw it out. It's not worth nothing. We were all sinners and we're all saved by grace. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Every Christian, first of all and foremost, if he is in the church, the body of Christ, must be regulated by faith in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son. Secondly, they must be motivated by the laws or the words of Jesus Christ that brought us the gospel. Now, we cannot alter that to fit our backgrounds, our likes, or our dislikes. We have to live by what he said. Could again, amen? It is the culture of obedience. It is the culture of faith that we learn what Jesus said. We do what Jesus said. Now, the lordship of Christ Jesus is to triumph every culture and every way of life connected to that culture. Believe it or not, there are Christians that have been converted that used to practice voodoo. And guess what? Those that are not lorded by Scripture still practice voodoo in the house of God. It is a mix of evil and good. And they feel no conviction about it. They feel nothing about it. Even some denominations in America adhere to certain idol worship, pray to dead men instead of to the Father, even though their Bibles tell them specifically 
how to pray, they have a hierarchy that deceives them and takes them out of the covenant of prayer in Christ Jesus. They pray to women. They pray to the uh, sons of Abraham. They pray to disciples. And what they do is they call upon their skills in order to answer their prayer. Like Joseph was a carpenter. If you're going to build a house, you need to pray to Joseph the carpenter because he'll help you. Now be wise enough to realize he is not showing up to use a hammer. And why anybody would ask a dead man to help them is beyond me. When Joseph lived, there were no power tools. I'm not trying to be facetious, but I'm just telling you, that's how stupid religion will make people. When the Bible specifically said, don't ask Mary, don't ask Joseph, don't ask Peter, if you pray, pray the Father in my name, and he will answer every prayer. Though the Bible says be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, be absent from the body is to be in hell, then they teach that, look, there's a purgatory. They take all of your money, and, you know, and you're under condemnation. You're trying to get some sinner to get into heaven when the wages of sin is death. He's dead. He's separated from God, and you can't pay the bill. But we have these. And don't think that it's not in the Pentecostal church, because it is. It absolutely is in the Pentecostal church. Culture, false religions, all integrate itself into Christianity, deceiving people. So the first thing that any believer is supposed to do, somebody say, any Christian, this is your priority. Jesus Christ is first and foremost. Above mother, father, sister, brother, house, home. It doesn't matter. He is first and foremost. Secondly, what he says must be adhered to. Amen? Thirdly, you are identified with the nation that you are born in. You are born in America. Now, I'm not happy with everything that happens in America. You know, I think I, I've been shortchanged a hundred times. But it's better than any place else I've ever been on planet Earth. And I'm just telling you, it's a whole lot better than any place you've been to. Amen. And so I am a Christian, born as an American. And then I get to institute my culture into those relationships. But they're always subordinate to it. If it's not subordinate to it, Jesus tells you that since you aren't doers, since you're hearers and not doers, that you are going to simply live without a faith life. How do you call me Lord without doing what I said? Secondly, if you bring your culture in to override the rules of America, guess what? You're going to go to jail. You're going to suffer affliction that you bring on yourself. And if you break laws, Jesus said, you'll go into the jail and I won't bring you out until you've paid the uttermost. So the church, that's you and I, 
are made up of different cultures, but they all fall short of being a Christian. Amen? Jews are no longer Jews. Women are no longer women. Men are no longer men. Greeks are no longer Greeks. Gentiles are no longer Gentiles. Who are we? We are God's people. We believe in Jesus Christ as being the only begotten Son of God, and we are doers of His Word. Could I get an amen? That's the church. Anytime that we stop accepting, living in His Lordship and His ways, we stop being the church. We stop being the church. Romans 10, 12. Let's go to Romans 10, 12. Well, here, I'll just read it. There is no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon his name. Listen, we need to stop categorizing people. We need to accept people for who they are because they're born again. Amen? We are not looking at somebody's past. We are estimating and projecting faith in their future. That's what we do. And then the choice for uh, a change of what the company does or what the redeemed people are then is discovered in the Scripture. We are what God says we are, and there is no difference between us. Could I get an amen? The church is a people that have adapted a mannerism of faith and a way of life that is subject to Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are the church. Could I get an amen? The church. Praise God. Now, the church is to be defined by a lifestyle. Let's go to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Every church, every member should be defined by a lifestyle. And let's look at uh, Matthew 5, 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light unto all those that are in the house. What does light do? It reveals things. And then it says, let your light so shine before men that ye may see your, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, what is the church to be? The church is a candle. A church must not hide its faith, but a church must set it in motion or in action and begin to do good deeds. Amen? Every church should have outreach, and every church should have people that are producing good deeds. Now, let's go to Philippians 127, and we're going to close for today. Hallelujah. Philippians 127, we're talking about the church. And it says this in one, Philippians 127, only let your conversation or your lifestyle. So when we give ourselves to the Lordship of Christ, when we adhere to his words over our words, his ways over our ways, the first thing that happens is we begin to do good works, unveiling who God is. 
Number three, in let your conversation or your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else, I be absent, that I may know of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In other words, our lifestyles, somebody say our lifestyles, should be in coordinates of Jesus being Lord of our life. It breaks my heart when I hear people living beside people or I hear children telling me what really goes on in their house and saying, well, you know, I think mom's saved, but my dad's not. Well, your dad comes to church and says, yeah, well, he's a hypocrite. Or I hear neighbors telling me, Pastor, are those people getting along fine? I say, I don't know why. Well, they're all the time fussing and fighting and screaming at each other. Folks, those are not good reports. We should be witnesses of a life that is acceptable by Jesus Christ. The church is an assembly of people that have declared Jesus as Lord of their life, have coveted and agreed together to live by his way and not our way. It is a people that are prone to good works to reveal God to a lost and dying world. And then it is a people that walks separated from this world, unspotted by its ways and its reasoning. We are to be the people of God. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, we are the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Amen? We believe that His way is the right way. Amen? We believe in doing good works that unveil a good God. And we believe in a holy life that brings conviction to a lost world. Amen? That's who we are. We are the people that believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. We are the people that believe that His Word is higher than our Word. We are the people that believe in demonstrating and doing good works that unveil our God as a good God. We are a people that believe in living a holy, separated life, that we are without spot and without blemish, that the world may be convicted by our life. Amen. That we can say this, if we had not come and your sin be revealed, then you would still be imprisoned by your sin. But now that we have come as the church, you see what God can do and what God expects. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Father, that, God, you would touch every individual. God, let us get church-minded instead of individual-minded. That, God, we would begin to be the people of God, that we would rise up, that we would be strong. Let us be people that share Jesus as Lord. Let us be people, God, that unveil the goodness of God. Let us be people that live by the laws of God. And let us be people, God, that, Father, live holy 
among this perverse generation. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Uh, well, Pastor has to go. He has to leave here. Be out of here by noon. So I'm taking all over for just a few minutes, and then I'll let you guys go eat your chicken or whatever you decide. But did anyone lose this? This was found Wednesday night, and uh, I wanted to bring it on Sunday morning just in case, you know, someone was here and they lost it on Sunday morning. Anyone? Pardon? No. Okay. All right, then we'll keep it back in the office, and if you know of anyone that lost it, then we will be glad to give it to him. All right, well, you know how pastor just throws things to you. He threw me the offering this morning, and that's okay. Uh, he said, you're taking the offering last minute. So I do want to share this with you. If A lot of you are on Facebook. A lot of you are not on Facebook. And uh, this week, I was um, just, well, it was last week, really. But I was sharing about being overwhelmed with everything I felt I had to do. I thought, God, I, I'm running here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and, and I'm not spending the time that I want to spend with you because of being just overwhelmed with everything. And the devil was probably making it bigger than what it was anyway, but still I was overwhelmed with it. And God, and I was praying and I was walking through the house and I said, God, how am I going to add all these tasks to my life and be able to spend the quality time with you that I want to spend with you? And I'm just walking and praying because I don't get on my knees because I'll be honest with you, it hurts. So I walk and pray. And he just spoke to me directly and he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So I said, Okay. All right, I mean, it was just like immediate, I understood what he was saying. And he was, he was telling me, just like Pastor was saying, you know, like kind of put the church first. Put him first. The very first thing you need to do when you get up in the morning is get up and do your prayer and do your study. And you can sit and read your Bible with your cup of coffee right beside you because I know some of you have to wake up in the morning. And, and you can do that. And listen, he was just telling me, Phyllis, get up, read your Bible first, and then pray like you are right now, and I'll work everything out for you. So in, in uh, Luke, it says here, it says in Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 32, well, yeah, 32, says, And seek not ye what you shall eat or drink. Neither be ye of a doubtful mind. Now, we're talking about tithe now, but I wanted to interweave that into your tithe because sometimes we don't want to give our money because we're scared that we're not going to have enough to eat and to drink and to do the things that we need to do. And he says, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, food and drink and clothes and all that. And your Father knoweth, he knows that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then he goes on and tells us not to fear. And it was just so sweet. But I'm telling you today, you know, like Pastor said a couple weeks ago, he said only 1% of this church tithe. 1%. 
keeps the lights on, keeps the heat on, keeps the air on, keeps the pews looking good, you know, keeps everything going. Listen, I want to encourage you today, if you're not a tither, and if you don't even know what tithe is, tithe is a 10% of your income. And it's, it's 10%. I'm not asking for it. God asks for it. Out of Malachi, when he tells you to bring your tithes into the storehouse, the storehouse is a church. All right? So I'm telling you today, if you're not a tither, you need to start to become a tither and give 10% of your income every week and watch what God will do with your income. I'm serious. He will take you from little, and it's not overnight. He will take you from little to a little bit more because he's got to trust you. You've got to be a good steward with God's money. And so he take you little by little by little. Now, so that was, that's my offering for today. But I'm telling you this, if you'll seek God first in everything you do, watch what God will do for you. He's amazing. So let's just pray over your tithes and offerings and don't be afraid to give and don't be afraid to sow. Even if you don't give your tithe, which I would prefer you do what the word tells you to do, but even if you don't, then you need to sow a seed into the, into the work of the kingdom. That's how things get done. So we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And God, I ask you, Father, to bless each and every person out here that's giving their tithe and bless every, every person out here, each and every person that is sowing today. Let it grow. Let that seed fall into the ground, God, and let their harvest spring forth and let them receive off of that harvest. Now, God, we give you glory and praise that your word does not come back void. But when you say something, it's done. It's a sealed deal. And we know that when we tithe, you give it back to, to us. And when we give, you give it back to us. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, something a little bit different today here at Only Believe Mission Christian Center. Offering announcement ended up at the end of service. That's all right. We're giving right now. If you want to participate in the giving today, click the Give button. A window will come up. Follow these instructions in that window. When you're done, click out of it. You'll head right back to us. Announcements coming up, but certainly the word on what the church is. I hope it blessed you today. We're going to keep on with that series next week, so make sure you're back right here with us. If you live locally to us, click events. Lots of things happening, not just for our church services, but lots of things for children, youth, and certainly for the adults. So see what's happening. We'd love to see you live right here with us. So anyways, be blessed today as you give. We'll see you next week.
show real quick three videos guys if you'll show those and then we're going to have it's new members sunday so we're going to pray for all the new members and if you see teresa pursuity running around i need her afterwards after church okay you're not in trouble teresa i just need you to do something for me every every time you ask somebody they're oh i'm in trouble <laughs> no they're not in trouble so three videos here we go Ohio, make it the summer to remember. Get ready for the Summer Lights Tour with Jeremy Camp. You call me out on the grave. I know the answer to every question. Matthew West. I'm going all in. Now I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king. And Ren Collective. He's a Special guest Corinne Hawthorne. The name, the name. Escape the ordinary with the Summer Lights Tour with Jeremy Camp, Matthew West, Rend Collective, and Corinne Hawthorne. July 21st, 6 p.m. at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center in Botkins. Tickets are on sale now online at summerlightstour.com. That's summerlightstour.com. The Summer Lights Tour. It's the night everyone will be talking about. Responsibility lies within every one of us. Because God alone decides. This year, I'm not holding back. In my praise, I'm not holding back. something that maybe you've noticed out here in the lobby at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. It's called the CSR Board. That stands for Connect, Serve, and Reach. Now listen, we just don't want you to attend church here. We want you to get involved in a deeper way. And CSR is one of the ways you can make that happen. So come on out to the board. Right behind me on this side is everything you want to know about connect groups and home groups. In the middle of the board behind me, volunteer application for serving. And on this side of the board is everything you want to know about outreaches for the rest of this year. So look, we want you to get involved in a deeper way. Come out to the CSR board and see how you can make that happen. All righty. Uh, don't forget the home groups tonight because uh, this is the last one for the summer and then they'll start back up I think in August or whenever it is but anyway so don't forget the home groups uh, okay new members for all of you that want to become a member today I want you to come down front and I'm gonna pray with you since pastor's gone you get me <laughs> anyone wants to be new members this Sunday no one you want to wait on pastor no, no, maybe some had to go. But, well, if no one wants to be a, a member today, that's okay. Pardon? Oh, well, there you go. Hey. <laughs> nice to have you guys. Anyone else? 
Oh, there we go. Okay, maybe I was just too quick. Here, we'll come on up here. And, well, praise God. What's your name? Jeremy. Where are you from? Cary, Ohio. Ohio. Is that far? Okay, but you want to become a member, and you're going to be faithful, and you're going to get right in here and work, and David's got jobs for you. <laughs> I'm teasing. David's our maintenance man. And you are? Well, it's nice meeting you. And uh, you're from where? Waynesfield. Waynesfield. Okay. I know where that is. Yes. Your name? Martin. Martin Yates. How long have you been here, Martin? Two weeks. You think you're going to make this your home church? Here, yes. <laughs> I work here temporarily. I'm from North Dakota. Okay. North Dakota. <laughs> I can't speak it like you. Come on up, guys. And she wants to, hi, honey. We haven't been here for a long, long time. I grew up here, but it's my adult, adult choice to bring me and my children. Okay. All right, well, grab hands, everybody, because we're a family. We're a body. Mine's a little lotion-y. I mean, I smell like a girl. All right, here. Okay. Now, listen, guys, before we pray, I'm going to tell you that Pastor and I will do our best to be the best pastors you've ever had. We will have no scandals in our life. We don't rip people off. We will do whatever we can to help you, to make you, to get you strong spiritually. You know, that's what we need because I'm telling you, times are coming when you're going to need to be spiritually, you need it now, but spiritually strong so you can fight the fight of faith. All right? So we're just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God. I ask you to put the anointing that is upon this house and that is upon Pastor and I, drop it on each and every one of these folks that is standing here today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let them get committed, Father. Let them get dedicated. Let them get drawn into the house of the Lord. Let them realize that they do need to go to church and they and this is the place to be where family becomes friends become family I'm, I'm serious Lord I just ask you to bless them I thank you for it and I praise you God that they have joined with us today in Jesus name amen and amen now Ed's going to take you back in a room and we're going to come back there and I'm going to come back just a little bit and talk to you okay alright praise God Okay, I'm going to pray over you and, and dismiss you. Um, Father, we just come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, for a good service. We thank you for the power of the worship, uh, you anointing the worship team, God, to come down and just saturate us. God, we thank you for the word today that went forth, that just saturated us, that stirred us up inside to make us stay faithful, become faithful become dedicated to the house of God and God I just ask you to bless each and every one of these people as they go their way protect them watch over them keep them safe throughout the week and devil I bind you I bind you from coming against them with evil thoughts with lust with sin of any kind in the name of Jesus amen and amen all right you're dismissed now I got to talk to Teresa. She probably thinks, no. <laughs>